0: from the Don't Mind Me podcast. Before we get into today's episode of the podcast, I just wanted to tell you a couple of things. First of all, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it. Share it with your friends, share it with your neighbors, share it with anyone that you think might be encouraged by it. Second, uh, if you enjoy it, please give us a five-star rating as this will definitely just ensure that even more people will get to see it and listen to it. All right, thanks so much. And let's go ahead and get to this week's episode of the Don't Mind Me podcast. All right, hi everyone. This is Anna from the Don't Mind Me podcast. I'm super excited because this week I have a new friend that's going to be joining me, and her name is Courtney. So Courtney and I met through Bible study through one of our mutual friends, Holly. So Holly started and Courtney both started a Bible study. Um, has it been a year? No, it's been a few months, like six months.
1: Uh, I think so, yeah.
0: Okay. It's been about six months, and we've loved every minute of it. It's been a really good study to be a part of, and we've all gotten to be so close and enjoy so many live changes and all that in the past few months, I've just been friends and been connecting. But Courtney, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit more about yourself. Okay, um, so I'm Courtney. I am 27 years old
1: and I am fairly new. I consider myself to still be fairly new to Greenville. Um, I moved here. Gosh, I think 2 years ago, um, I was a travel nurse um, for a while and um, ended up taking an assignment, um, which would be my last assignment as a travel nurse here in Greenville. um, And was kind of at a point in my life where I was ready to stop traveling and move somewhere, um, knowing that I didn't want to live. Back home, which is Memphis, Tennessee for me. Um, So I prayed about it for a while and really just was in love with Greenville, um, and got a staff position here, um, moved here officially, and uh, very shortly after that, um, met a boy who would become my husband, just this Mm April. girl, Um, and yeah, we live here now, um, and we love it, Um, and yeah.
0: (laughs) And where all did you go when you were a travel nurse?
1: So, not many places, actually, because, So, like I said, I'm from Memphis and then we moved to North Mississippi. Um, Mm I went to nursing school in Memphis, got my first nursing job in Memphis and worked there for a year um, and was always really interested in travel nursing. I love to travel and knew I was kind of ready to live somewhere else other than where I'd always been. Um, So the first assignment I got Mm -hmm. was in North Carolina um, in Fayetteville and then Shortly after that, I accepted one in Columbia, like Columbia, South Carolina here, um, right at the mm-hmm. beginning of 2020, and I ended up being put, much to my surprise, from, on the hospital's first COVID unit, and I ended up staying there, gosh, almost nine months, um, and that that story could be a whole other podcast. That's crazy. But uh, yeah. I ended up. Um, finding my deciding to leave there finally, <laughs> and um, there was a position here in Greenville. Um, and I had always been interested in Greenville. Um, I had just heard people talk about it in North Carolina and when I was in Columbia and had looked it up, and it just seemed like a fun city and really to be growing a lot, which it is. So I moved here, um, and just immediately, you know, the Lord just <laughs> began working and answering so many prayers when I moved here, and I just really sense of like, okay, this is where I want to be, you know, for mm-hmm.
0: a, so. Well, we are all glad that you ended up in Greenville. It's it's really cool because having grown up here, I'd love to be able to see it through the eyes of someone who didn't grow up here, you know, in oh, some I, I, ways because there are so many things that are just kind of, that are new and, and it is growing to me, but I also just. I have not experienced all of the the new things that many people do when they move to a new city. You know what I mean right. so I'm still discovering things at the same time as you guys, but I'd love to be able to see it through somebody's eyes that's completely new, has visited other places and just really like chose this city. I mean, I love it here, but I have such a different perspective having grown up here. And it's just right. So
1: really cool. Yeah, yeah, been so. somewhere, you know, like your whole life and. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's so unique.
0: Well, I know that when we were talking about this podcast, um, you actually, it's kind of cool, you reached out to me and said, like, if you're ever open, I'd love to talk about this. And really cool, because like I said, I was telling you just a few minutes ago, like I have quite a few other friends, one in particular, that went through something similar. And, um, you know, I just think that this is a subject that, needs to be talked about more you know yeah. I'm, I'm grateful because I think it's something that um, people have started to be more open about but I definitely think that we is it's very needed so today we're going to talk a little bit about kind of like body image and insecurities and you know like um, one of my favorite verses i think of is like psalm 139 it says like we're fearfully and wonderfully made
1: mm-hmm. like that
0: verse and just really like thinking about you know the lord has made us all in his image he's made us um you know beautiful or handsome if you're a guy um and so you know i think this is going to be a really good um podcast and a really good story for us to touch on today because in this world of social media that we live in, I know I was recently just telling your friend, like, I was looking at pictures of people that go to the gym all the time. And, like, I like going to the gym, too. But I was noticing these pictures. I was starting to get a little bit jealous. I would look at myself in the mirror and wonder, like, uh, I need to work out more. I need to fix this or fix yeah. this. And, you know, I think we live in just, like, such a picture-heavy society where right. we can all struggle with that. But uh, enough to enough that I've said about the subject, but Courtney, I'd love for you just to share a little bit about your story, and then we'll go into kind of like the body image subject and all of that. Sure. Um, when I was 15,
1: um, my family was going through a lot of changes. Um, my youngest brother was going, battling an illness, um, and things in life were very stressful, very unpredictable. Um, and I, um, began to get kind of hyper-focused on what I ate or didn't eat and how much I worked out. Um, and I had always been interested in exercise. I had always enjoyed it. I loved to cook. So you could say I had an interest in food, I guess, but so I think, um, it was very, uh, um, slow as it developed. And so um, that kind of served the eating disorder because it took a while for people to notice um, that something was actually wrong, but it was dipping into this unhealthy area. Um, so as the, the a few years went on, I, it just got worse and worse. Um, I was getting smaller and smaller more and more um, restrictive with my food, with my exercise. Um, And when I was um, 17, that youngest brother that was sick ended up passing away. And by that point, um, you know, people had recognized um, what was going on with me, but it was kind of, um, it was not at the forefront because we had, you know, my brother who was going through this illness and then passing away, Um, but just, I want to say a few months after that was when finally my mom took me to my doctor um, and they did this evaluation. And that was the first time someone ever said the word anorexia to me. Um, And that was when it kind of just snowballed and I was um, referred to a wonderful Treatment facility, it was outpatient um, in the Memphis area and, you know, went through all these screenings, bone density scans, lab tests, EKGs, like, um, and then I began the program. Um, and I was in group therapy, individual therapy, meeting with a dietitian um, and what something I think is really beautiful. And that just shows like the Lord's faithfulness is that. My individual therapist and a couple of the group therapists um, were believers and were very open in sharing that in our sessions and encouraging me to share about my own faith. Um, mm-hmm. So I was in that program for, I want to say it was about six months. And then I sort of graduated, if you will, to just mm-hmm. seeing a um, dietitian and my therapist kind of more on like a once a week, every other week basis. And then it was. You know i kind of finished that and i um was sort of on my own i guess you could say um and mm-hmm. without that team around me mm-hmm. all that being said i think that even though by the time i quote unquote graduated my body was healthier and i my weight was more restored um i definitely still battled with a lot of those behaviors for years Um, And they would get fewer and fewer. And I, as I learned and grew and shared and walked with the Lord through that, but um, yeah, so I've, since then, I've always just been passionate about that topic Mm. about body image and, you know, particularly about it among believers um, in the church, among women who follow Jesus, because I think that, I think that like you, I think you mentioned this earlier, but I feel like society we've kind of started to recognize this and grow towards like body positivity and you see these brands who are you know showing a variety of different sizes in their models that they choose and speaking out against Mm -hmm. unrealistic standards and stuff but I kind of felt a little bit of a burden that I don't feel like often the church addresses this topic Mm -hmm. Um, even though I feel like it's it's really prevalent among, um, believers. So.
0: Mm-hmm. It is. And I, I was thinking about to the first time that you shared the story. Um, and like you said, that was a summary. <laughs> that was very much a summary. Um, but I remember you told us that you think part of it started because you needed something that you could control.
1: Yeah. You want to talk
0: A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: a little bit. Um, that was definitely a huge factor for me. And as I've, um, I honestly could totally, I totally nerd out on like researching this topic and like these and books and all this stuff. But I have found that that is so common, um, in eating disorders that it's a becomes like a coping, obviously unhealthy coping, but Mm -hmm. coping mechanism for people maybe after trauma or some type of loss or just a major life change because it it is something that you have the ability to control but you know it ultimately is never gonna bring you true peace or contentment um and something that came to my mind kind of on that note today thinking about this and telling the story was you know i when i was the most sick kind of at that turning point going into the facility the small smaller than my body was ever intended to be i i wasn't at peace i was i could still point out more than a handful of things that i hated about my body i still felt like an enemy of my own body you know so it's kind of like okay i've done it i've i've gotten as small as i can i've worked out relentlessly i've controlled my food relentlessly also but i don't it, i'm not getting what i thought i was going to get you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it gives you a sense of
0: control, but it's very false. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, why, you know, you talked about this earlier with the, um, church. Why do you think that there's a hesitation in the church to talk about it more? You know, I think part of it could be that it's
1: easy to, um, Kind of maybe like shroud this is the right way to put it or mm. it because we can say oh sh- they're so disciplined they're just they're stewarding their body so well they're so healthy they're so disciplined and I you know there's is nothing wrong with nourishing your body with healthy foods and you know I, I still love to work out you know there's nothing wrong with that I think that it's, it is good for your body but Those things also make it so, so easy to minimize when it's gotten to the point where it's an idol, you know, Mm. it's, it's become an obsession. It's not stewarding our bodies anymore because really stewarding our bodies means also, you know, giving them rest and treating them well with gentleness, you know, giving them a variety of foods. And enjoying food as the gift that it is, you know, and not um, eliminating foods that we label as good or bad and and restricting Mm -hmm. our bodies with workouts when we know we're exhausted or.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember the first time that I was ever introduced, like, you know, because like you said, it's not something that the church talks a lot about. So it's not like I grew up hearing about yeah eating just it was very much something that i didn't know anything about but when i was maybe in elementary school or middle school there was an older girl so we had like a community group through our church that my family and i were a part of and she um was a, she still is to say like just a beautiful like sweet christian girl i just loved her I looked up to her um as an older sister and she would come some, to the Bible study and would be like, oh, I'm good. I've already eaten and just, like, wouldn't eat anything. And we I mean, yeah. didn't really think anything of it, but I knew that she was definitely very small. But I, I knew part of that could have just been the way that she, you know, her body was made because her mom was pretty small, too. So it didn't necessarily, like, alarm me too much. Yeah. But um, I found out, I think it was, like, maybe in the fifth grade or sixth grade, they told us that she was in the hospital. Um, because she was so sick because she had the anorexia and they really didn't know she was going to make it. And I just remembered being like, how did, we, how did we let this happen? Like, how did right. we allow her to, to get this way? I mean, it, and it's weird because I wouldn't say I was disappointed in her. I was more disappointed in like all of us around her, that we didn't notice it sooner. I like try to help her. Than I was actually in her. You know, even though I looked up to her, I wasn't like I'm gonna stop looking up to her. I still loved her. It was more of a disappointment in myself. (laughs) You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. understandable. And yeah, I do I
1: truly do think that there are probably, you know, any given Sunday, you know, where in our sanctuary among, you know, our fellow believers, our church body, like how many women in there are Silently struggling with this, you know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I do. I do wish it was kind of talked about more. Um. But,
0: yeah. How do you think? I mean, I have two questions. I kind of yeah. Like, how do you think? I know with your brother and that whole trauma, you know, what do you think really kind of spurred it on? Like, yeah, I think other than like
1: hyper focusing on being able to control that. was also trying desperately to suppress my feelings about it because it just felt like it was too much to bear at the time. Like it was kind yeah. of survival mode and a um, a benefit, a very negative benefit, but benefit, I guess, of an eating disorder is that it truly does numb you because your body mm-hmm. is living in survival mode. and mm-hmm. um, so I don't think I was at the at the time feeling my feelings about what was happening truly. They were very. Mm-hmm. I was just very numb in that way. And mm-hmm. I think that, along with that false sense of control, is what makes them so deceptive and mm-hmm. develop in those situations. And, yeah you know, there wasn't ever one moment where I think it's, it like started, but it was just this slow build and I was able to get away with it for a while. And because, you know, these things like exercising and eating healthy are praised because they're good things when they're done in a healthy way, both Mm in society as a whole. And so, you know, no one was ever going to shame me for saying, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go on this super long run. It was, wow, you know, you're you're so fit, you're so healthy, you're so much discipline. And it just made it so easy to just keep
0: going and keep spiraling in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I was thinking about how, um, you know, your story of when you went into the outpatient, I was going to say inpatient, outpatient, um, facility. And you said that they were Christians and things like that. And I think you touched on this when you first, whenever your testimony with me um, and the group a while ago, but was there a single moment or like, what was a moment where it kind of clicked for you and you were able to see yourself the way that God sees you? I think that the one of the the big moments
1: i can that really stand out for me was um my i was in a one-on-one session and my um therapist i don't remember all the details of the session mm-hmm. but towards the end she was the first one to point out anger in me that was mm-hmm. beneath the surface both mm-hmm. anger at god and anger at what had happened and you know, the loss of my brother um, and anger at myself, um, that I wasn't allowing myself to feel, that I was not allowing myself to share, to share with God how I felt towards him. Um, And it just, I was driving home, um, and for the first time in a while, I remember turning on worship music in my car, just started praying and prayed, the most probably honest and vulnerable prayer I'd prayed in months mm. at that point and just really broke down and it was a very vulnerable moment eh, alone in my car with the Lord um mm. but I think that was sort of a turning point where it was like finally this all some of these walls I had up were starting to break a little bit mm-hmm. and I'm more open to okay, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready to fight this. I'm ready to, you know, grow and get past this.
0: Yeah. And what were some ways that like you were able, I know that like this was kind of like the first catalyst to it, but like what, what specifically like helped you to like learn how to fight it? Because I'm sure in some ways you might not that you still struggle with it, right? But it was something oh. that you had in the past. So and I don't know the best way to describe that, right? But it's going yeah. to be something I think that you're constantly, you're aware of. So right. how have you learned like, to fight that battle in the spiritual sense? Yeah. Um, and maybe in other senses as well.
1: Um, I'm really glad that you asked this Um, because I think it's really um, important to kind of recognize that I think whether it you've had a clinical disorder or you just struggle with body image I don't think I mean I'm the Lord can work miracles and he can heal and maybe some people do just have that moment and never struggle with it again um but I think for most people it is something you know the thoughts may come up again but the important thing is learning to not let the thoughts turn into the behaviors and that was a big thing that was stressed to me as I kind of was on my way towards graduating out of the program was like, this doesn't mean you're never going to struggle again, but you've got the tools now. Um, So, like I said, it was really years of kind of learning and growing and I had the basics when I first, you know, was out of therapy, but I still was living in the society that we live in. So I still was saturated with women Talking negatively about their bodies or how many calories they'd eaten that day, how hard their workout was just diet culture and all this stuff. So. Like thinking about just a few practical things that I, I still to this day, um, practice, um, little boundaries for myself is how I often think. Yeah. Of um, I don't track my food in any way, shape or form through an app or whatever. Um. I don't own a scale. Um, And actually when I was in the program, we never knew our weight. There was never, numbers were just kind of taken away, whether it was number of calories in a day, our weight. So we were weighed for safety reasons, but we would get on the scale backwards and the nutritionist would just record the weight. And that is actually something as silly as it may sound, even today, any doctor I go in, Mm -hmm. I explain to them my history and i've always been met with a lot of respect of that and i either get on the scale backwards or i simply look away and ask them to just record it and not tell me mm. i just kind of go based off my close fit and i'm okay you know and, <laughs> um, yeah so uh yeah those are a couple of things and i don't um another kind of simple thing that i've just um i don't own any type of like um smartwatch where it like records mm-hmm. your steps and like your activity your quote unquote calories burned um not that i think that those are evil or bad but just for yeah. me though that could become a slippery slope and so i just simply don't um mm-hmm. and then there's just other little things like when it comes to things like social media or when i notice myself kind of slipping into that take a break you know i'm mm-hmm. gonna take a break step back um which taking a break from social media it's refreshing in many other ways, too, but it helps with that <laughs> it is
0: true that is true <laughs> and then were there any like I'm gonna ask you for your favorite verse later, and this might be your favorite and yeah. but like were there any verses or like things from thinking about it from like that spiritual perspective that like really stood out to you during that time and like helped you to as you're walking through that or maybe even stepping out of it that are still near and dear, yeah,
1: um. I, yeah, there was one, um, it's in Ecclesiastes, um, and, um, it's Ecclesiastes 9-7, um, and it says, go eat your bread with joy, drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do, hmm. um, and I think, obviously, the first part of that I just love so much that he says, go and eat your bread with joy, because for me, you know, I think it makes me, it reminds me that, you know, food was given to us, not just for, to sustain our bodies. And because just on a basic biological level, we need it, but for enjoyment and for, for joy. And it's a part of, you know, our families, our cultures. Um, And I think that, you know, it was never created to be good or bad or have this like moral value. Um, But it was created for, for joy, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. great reminder of that. Um, And then I, I'm just going to paraphrase this one. I think most believers, but but one in Matthew about like, don't worry about your body, what you will eat. Um, I think clothes, what you will wear for the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are just a couple that stand out to me. But I think overall, just verses that kind of speak on freedom in Christ, you know, Mm -hmm. and walking in that and not living according to the law anymore. Um. Yeah,
0: that was Galatians 5. I just posted about that, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so good. I mean, I, I think Galatians five one says, like, something about, like, I will no longer be bound by the law or something. Like, that. instead, I'll walk in the freedom, in other words, given me or something. And for all of us to... I don't know, to get like bound up by rules that like we set, like not necessarily even that the world sets, but that we set for ourselves or or different things into not completely walk in freedom. Right. Um, you know, I know that we, so we talked a lot about the eating disorder, but I mean, the thing is, is like I've never had an eating disorder necessarily, but, you know, like I said earlier, I've definitely had moments of struggle Um because like I said, we live in, a picture-heavy society now and (laughs) just society in general, there's a lot of talk about weight and what your body looks like and if you exercise and, you know, thankfully I will say like I've definitely grown up in a family. I have my brother and his wife are very much into fitness and so there's a lot of talk about just like being healthy and things like that. But, you know, when it comes to like body image and stuff like that, I mean, what are some of your thoughts and, you know, just thinking about like how God sees us and, and things like that? Like what are your, some of your thoughts on overall just like I don't know, seeing yourselves in a better light? Yeah. Um, you know, I
1: think that, you know, you mentioned um the verse in Psalm 139 about being fearfully and wonderfully made. Um mm-hmm. especially for those of us who like grew up in church and Sunday school. Like we've heard this for forever we all know it or can at least paraphrase it um and i think you know we kind of a lot of times are not really recognizing the true weight of that and the beauty of that mm-hmm. um, and that the lord did make our bodies fearfully and wonderfully and so complex so intricate so you know intuitive even um and our bodies do so much for us every single day. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I wish that we could really recognize that and live like that on a daily basis. Um, I think yeah. if we, that it would bring a lot of freedom in that area and freedom with food and freedom with movement um, yeah. and from body image issues. Um but, yeah, that, I mean, that being said, like you said, every single day in our culture, you're kind of just inundated with diet, mm-hmm. and movement, and fitness, and which are okay things and not bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's when we kind of take them to that next level and when they, you know, are becoming kind of the... um our sense of peace is kind of based on that. How much should I exercise today? How much or little did I eat? Or did I let myself eat a food that I've labeled as bad? And when they, you know, even kind of control like our mood throughout the day or um, our, our freedom with our time um, mm. is when we know that we're kind of taking it a little bit too far.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that it comes down to, you know, one thing that I had to recognize for myself was, like, I try really hard to not comment on somebody else's body. Mm, Um, And I think that, like, in middle school and in high school and things like that, like, I went through some bullying. And I don't know if, like, a lot of it was commenting on my body, but, like, I had, I remember in college, somebody made a comment about, you know, um, my, my chest area and I was very much like um, it made me really upset at the time because she didn't know that that had always been an area that I was uncomfortable with just that and when she mentioned it it really hurt me and it was just like something clipped in, within me. I knew she didn't necessarily mean it in a mean spirit but I just feel like it's so important to not comment like on other people's bodies. When people come to you and they're like i'm struggling with my body image or whatever or if you had a daughter or something like what or a son what would you say to them if they were struggling with that you know based off of your experience
1: yeah i i'm really glad you mentioned that about not commenting on people's bodies um Mm -hmm. i became very aware of that in my (laughs) struggle with this um with this but uh yeah and i think that um just real quick that brought to mind, um, Hmm. something that I heard in, in my treatment. And then later I've read it in some books I read about eating disorders and I've just kind of heard it here and there, but is, um, that, you know, good body image or healthy body image rather is not that you wake up every single day and just think your body is the best thing ever. (laughs) Like it's, (laughs) it's, it's thinking of your body less and, that for me was a huge thing that I discovered. Um, once I really began to, those chains kind of began to fall off, and I was how much more room there was in my brain when I wasn't twenty four seven obsessing over what I ate, what I was going to eat next, or lack thereof, how much I was going to exercise. There was so much more life around me, and I think it really changed to the way that I viewed other people even. Um, And, you know, I think that we're so quick to link um, someone's size with kind of their success or Mm. discipline they are, or yeah, even how much power they have. Like we give so much weight to that, to someone's appearance or body size. So, Mm. yeah, I think just practicing, you know, maybe setting some of those boundaries whether it's like the ones that I do or just ones that work for you personally. And I think like something that really helped me too was um kind of and this may sound really silly, but <laughs> trying to become friends with my body again. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is like no longer thinking of like my body as my enemy that I needed to control and punish, but like Kind of I know we we do hear I think you know like listening to your body but more so just like respecting my body and caring mm-hmm. for it and that being like you know um allowing myself to rest when I know I need to rest rather than go and do some type of workout um, hmm. you know enjoying food and um, a variety yeah. of um, enjoying food with others in a in a healthy way and just um, and, you know when it comes to moving my body um doing that in a varied way and that meaning like allowing myself to you know if i i want to do a longer run one day that's okay you know but it's also okay to just go walk for 20 minutes you know it's about moving your body but letting go of that kind of rigid hmm. um, like, white-knuckle grip on, like, just it always has to be something intense where I'm drenched in sweat and I'm breathless. And just, mm. yeah, just kind of learning to be kind to my body and listen to it and, and care for it. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's it's necessarily, like, put all the body-positive quotes on your mirror every day and, like, think that your body is perfect <laughs> and amazing every single yeah. day. It's just really, like, thinking of your body a little bit less. And, enjoying you know um, all these all the other aspects of life that make it so full and wonderful kind of take some of that power away.
0: That's so good and I think as you're talking something came to my mind my mom was telling me this one time because all struggle with things physical things I've had go go on in my life like you know all those things anytime I'm sick or something but one of her friends said we need our bodies right to be working properly because right. we want to be able to serve God we need our bodies to work properly to be able to go and do that and so I really like what you were saying about that and of course the verse came to my mind about like our body being a temple yeah. in first corinthians 6 because in first corinthians six, nineteen 19 through 20 I or do you not know that your body is a temple of the holy spirit within you whom you have from God you are not your own for you are about the price of glorify God in your body so Really, our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and we don't take our bodies with us one day when we, you know, for Christians, and we get to spend eternity with the Lord, we're we're taking our spirit with us. Yeah. And so, you know, I think you know, that's just such a good verse. I remember my family sharing that with me when I was younger, and it just it was a good one of, like, knowing, like, I have him, like, living inside of me, and I want to take care of it, like, for that purpose. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, our bodies being a temple, and you know, caring for them. You know, I don't think was ever meant, you know, to translate to obsess over them and <laughs> obsess over, you know, certain foods and and moving them in such a strenuous way and controlling their size as much as we possibly can. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you do. Um, we do need our bodies to help us serve the the kingdom, you know, they, they are the vessel that lets us do that. And, you know, it's hard to do that well, when we, so much of our, our emotion and our brain space is caught up in, in punishing them and in controlling them and all this stuff, you know, eating disorder, body image. Um, And also just too when they're exhausted.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: of, controlling them and punishing them and not allowing rest, you know.
0: And I do like what you said too about thinking of your body less. It just reminded me like in general of the C.S. Lewis quote that says like humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking yourself less. So yeah. that essentially that goes back to like a lot of different applications. But when it comes to your body specifically, like you said, it's, it's made You have this whole new world when you start focusing so much on your own body and what you're putting into it and what you're doing for it and all of that. Um, I did want to say, before I ask you your favorite verse, I did want to say that when it comes to Psalm 139, that one thing that stood out to me when I got older was at the very end, it says, and your soul will know. And that part of that verse has always stood out to me, like not only... Are we fearfully and wonderfully made? But our soul will know it fully well, and and just yeah. a prayer that I always have for myself and for my friends and family and like my future um, family and things like that is just that we will know it fully well. That we are fearfully and wonderfully made because He formed us, um, yeah, in our mother's womb, and it's just it's just so beautiful to think about that. And I just I want to walk in that, you know. I know it fully and completely that I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. So what is, so if you don't mind me asking, what is your favorite verse? Okay. Um, so I have a lot of favorite verses. <laughs> I know it's always hard to choose one. <laughs> okay.
1: okay. Um, so I love the book of Colossians. It's been one of my favorite books in the Bible for quite a while. Um, So, I could probably pick out many verses in the book, but some of my absolute favorites are from Colossians chapter 3, and it's verse 12 through, I think it's 17. Yeah, and it says, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience bearing with 1 another and forgiving 1 another. If anyone has a grievance against you. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are to forgive. And above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you were called in one body, rule in your hearts. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and songs. Hmm. Um, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through him.
0: Oh, so good. I love Colossians too. I know. <laughs> uh, why do you like, why do you specifically like Colossians or that verse, do you think? Um, I think,
1: you know, it's just full of so much wisdom and but also just so much encouragement on like, the Christian life and non daily life, um, whether it's like how we, you know, live in like our relationships with others, whether it's family, because I know, like, in Colossians, you know, he does t- touch on like husbands and wives, but also just like. How we live in relation to other believers. Um, it's just full of. So much encouragement, so much goodness, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Oh, yeah, it really is. Well. It was so great having you on. Thank you so much, Courtney. Thank you, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Don't Mind Me podcast. As I mentioned earlier, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends, share it with your neighbor, share it with anyone that you think might be encouraged by it. And last but not least. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five star rating as this will definitely just ensure that we will get uh, that even more people will get to see it and listen to it. Thanks so much. Bye. Good job, Daddy.